Welcome to Brillante, the podcast with a French accent which gives a voice to women who move the lines. My name is Jeanne Dussartel, and between Zurich, where I live, and Paris, where I come from, my goal is to meet the sparkling, powerful, talented and inspiring women with atypical backgrounds and beautiful projects, to understand what drives them and makes them move forward. Discussions that I hope will encourage you to think outside the box, cross your boundaries, and develop your own brilliant projects. Anna Gracia Herbst has always wanted to find in her professional life a way to help others. So when she first hears about Khalil Zradi's new project in 2018, she's immediately convinced. In Nicaragua, her friend has launched an action to encourage people to collect and bring back the polluting plastic bottles in exchange for a hot meal. The project tackles two major problems at the same time, pollution and social misery. And on Earth, 80% of the plastic pollution is coming from those countries that have extreme poverty. In Zurich, together with a small group of other people, they create the association Buy Food with Plastic, whose mission is clear, stop hunger and recycle at the same time. What I really liked about this idea is just, okay, maybe we can't change the world with it, but we can make something, you know, we can start little. And it's just not helpful to just collect the plastic bottles, but to really sensitize the people and the locals on site about the problem and help them change their thinking. In this interview, Anna explains to me the objectives of Buy Food with Plastic, the recycling or upcycling plans, and we also compare with similar projects internationally. Anna details the financial solution for this project, which for the past few months have been professionalizing and expanding beyond Nicaragua, in Ghana and in India. The young lady who left her job in a startup to become a full-time employee of her association also tells me about volunteering, commitment, entrepreneurship, and shares with me her unfailing confidence in the future. The most important thing is, I think, to really know that we can change something, that we can just start small and have an impact. If you know that, you can go very far. So for all of you who would like to learn more about plastic pollution, understand how it can become a weapon against poverty, and would like to get inspired by Hannah's great commitment, I invite you to plug in your headphones and to dive into this new episode of Brillante. Dear Hannah, thank you very much for accepting my invitation. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for coming to my place. I'm super happy to have you, especially because it's the first time that I'm going to talk in this podcast about new topics like pollution, plastic pollution, mm -hmm. social projects and uh, environment, which are super powerful and inspiring subjects. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. And to start with, what did you think when you heard this name, Brillante, for the first time? And do you have an example of a sparkling woman, someone that inspires you, that you would like to talk about? Mm -hmm. So um, I heard about your podcast from social media, from Instagram, and I really liked that you focus on women 
and that we can tell our stories to to the world mm -hmm. um, because I think yeah in the last time there were a lot of women who could tell their stories but still it's 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 rare so yeah. I really like that you focus on the woman and say um, tell our stories and and yeah that that we can we can inspire people with that so I really like that yeah that, that's the goal indeed and I think that women are not so often in the medias they are mm -hmm. more and more but mm -hmm. it's still like such a small representation mm -hmm. of the people that are actually talking in the media yeah I agree that's that's the aim mm -hmm. and do you have an example of a sparkling woman that inspires you in your daily life um yeah I really like that question because I think for women that inspire me we can like I can learn a lot from them so for me the last few years Michelle Obama and Princess Diana also were um, like an example for me because what I really like about them or what fascinates me about them is how they are dedicated or were dedicated to people mm -hmm. and really use their compassion and empathy to make a real difference in the world Okay. And Diana, you were not alive mm -hmm. when she died. How did you discover her? Yeah, so Through... I read a lot about her and yeah. also because I was always fascinated how people loved her. Like yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone yeah. who talks about her just loved her. So I wanted to know who is this woman, you know? So yeah, I did a lot of research. I watched movies about her. Yeah, there, was, there was also these Netflix documentaries exactly, about her. Exactly, exactly, yeah. which, I, which I also watched and... Yeah, so for me, it was just crazy what she, yeah, what she has been through and then, but still came out so strong. And yes, that strong woman who just wants to help people. And yeah, like I said, with her compassion and empathy, make this world a better place. For Michelle Obama, is it her work for actually against poverty, for better food for everyone? Or what, what is it that inspires you? Yeah, for me, it's the work with people and how she how she talks with people, how she is, how she inspires also a lot of women to be themselves, to yeah. walk their way. And, and yeah, she, she really inspires people and, and women especially. Super nice. So to understand a bit who you are mm -hmm. and where do you come from, can you take us a bit through your story? Where, where were you raised? And also, I would like to know if your environmental consciousness came quite early in your life or not. So I grew up in Berlin, Germany, and I moved to Zurich when I was 12 years old. And for me... So you, were, you are German? I am German. Uh -huh. I am German. But I have to say, since I'm here for four, more than like yeah, 13 or 14 years now, I also feel Swiss. I have both cultures in my heart, you I would say. You became Swiss. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I you speak Swiss, German. I do, I do, yes. And for me, the social work has always been a topic in my life. Also because my parents are very like social persons. They, they always try to help people. We went when I was 14. I remember we went to Cambodia uh, for vacation. We, we went to see hospitals, schools there, went to um, orphanages to see how the people live there. So for me, it was always I knew that I wanted to do something to help people in need. And I always had the conscious, okay, there are people that don't are as privileged as, as I am or as we are in, in Germany or Switzerland. And I knew that we could definitely help them somehow. But when I was 14, I didn't know exactly how to help them. But I knew that somehow communication is the way to do it. 
So that was also the reason why I studied communication here in Zurich at the University of Zurich, mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, really helped me like... Yeah, it just it, it's the science of communication. It's the science of how to talk with people or how to understand people and, and communicate in a way that they understand your message. Okay, so that was really something rational. You thought, I'm going to study communication to kind of have an impact somewhere. Somehow, but I had no idea how. <laughs> <laughs> and, and during your studies, you didn't do like some kind of social experiences or some social works or besides, no, you actually discovered this, the project that you are working for when you had already been starting working? Yes. So, I mean, after work, I went to Morocco for three months where I also worked in an orphanage. Oh. Um, so this is where, yeah, my, my passion for it really started or I saw, okay, I can have an impact already when I'm, when I'm there for people, you know. And when was it exactly when you, when you finished your studies? Yes. Okay. Okay, but you started actually working in a in a startup mm -hmm. uh, just after, mm -hmm. which was not social at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I mean, I was I was you know I was trying to to go through your 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 story, and I mean this your your engagement with buy food with plastic came really early, mm -hmm. but your your first working experience was not really social. No, because it's a it's the startup that kind of about consuming and consumption but Definitely. yeah what did what did you learn there what were you doing there and what did you learn there so i um did account managing there so i um had the contact with all of our partners and i did relationship management so i still used my strength and like my passions because my passion is people Yeah. to talk with people to to be in relationship with people like to to really understand people so that was what i was doing for rabat corner the the startup you you talked about and i really learned a lot i learned how to talk professionally uh -huh. with people yes and also how to keep that partnerships going you know how to manage them and also because it is a startup I learned how you can do so much with just one little idea, you know, and what is behind all that. And I could not only like I had a lot of responsibility from the beginning. I also did the whole social media marketing for this startup and could just be very creative and yeah, learn what my strengths are and, and how I can, yeah, how I can use my strength for the good. Yeah, and I guess that this uh, startup experience has been helping you a lot to also understand how it would work exactly. today in your in Buy Food with Plastic. Completely, Because yes. it actually works like a startup. Mm -hmm. So I guess the system where you are in charge of basically everything from uh, <laughs> cleaning after an event to mm -hmm. uh, to finding fundings or stuff like this, mm -hmm. I guess you, you were quite aware that it would work this way. Yes. So in 2018, while you were working in the startup, mm -hmm. started this project, mm -hmm. Buy Food with Plastic. Mm -hmm. Can you take us a bit through the story? Mm -hmm. How did it start? Mm -hmm. And uh, can you explain me how did you get involved in the project? Mm -hmm. So it all started in Nicaragua, 2018, when there was a civil war mm -hmm. and the people had like no hope, no jobs, no food, nothing. And Khalil, the founder of Buy Food with Plastic, had the idea that people from Nicaragua could collect some plastic bottles because they were lying around everywhere. And I mean, you know, when you have traveled, like plastic bottles are a real problem in the yeah, nature. Yeah, you, you always expect to arrive on paradise mm -hmm. beaches and stuff like this. And But you know, yeah, it's and not And actually the you discover like just a garbage and it's always 
really striking. I had this, uh, the same feeling actually in Cambodia and in Vietnam, mm-hmm. in some places. Mm-hmm. I was really not expecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's the same problem in Nicaragua, but for the people there, that was not the main problem. The plastic bottles is not the main problem. For them, it's hunger, it's poverty, it's no jobs, it's, you know, that's that are the real problems. Yeah. Exactly, that are the real problems. So, but the idea was to kind of combine the two problems or the three, four, five problems that people could collect plastic bottles and get a warm meal in return. Mm-hmm. And by organizing these events where people come together, we give hope, we have a DJ there where it plays music, you know, we give we give hope to the people, joy to the people and they can still learn something about the plastic pollution, but their needs for hunger and employment is also covered. So that was the whole idea in Nicaragua. So Khalil Hadi who is so the founder, had the idea by himself and created the first events himself? Yes. So he did it with a local on site. Um, He talked to the local and the local, like it's Jafet Davila. He helped him with everything. He helped him what to buy for the people, what to cook, what to like. He also said, we must have a piñata for the kids. Otherwise, it's no party. (laughs) Or also Kali thought, okay, maybe we need vegetarian food. And Jafet said, no, that's not possible. No one will come (laughs) if we don't have meat there. This is is a topic for a Swiss guy. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So so the locals, and that's also still how we do it. We really rely on the the locals and what they tell us about their culture and, and about how they do it in their country. Because otherwise we couldn't it um so he planned everything with Jafet Davila together he planned the first event he didn't think that a lot of people would come but then there were almost 200 people mostly kids who came with their plastic bottles and paid for a warm meal and how did you get involved so I know Khalil for a long time now um I went to primary school with him and I followed him on social media and saw this event like the first event and I right away called him and asked him what is he doing like what do you do with the plastic bottles what do you do with the people there what is happening and he told me everything and I was just very inspired especially by the fact that that he combined the social aspect with the environmental aspect because I think not a lot of NGOs do that yeah So he just did this one event. He wasn't an NGO or anything. He just did this one event. He was just the the story. It was just one idea. He was just the story in Nicaragua who tried to kind of have an impact, uh, a short-term impact also. Exactly, exactly. And then he did another event and another event. And I knew from the beginning that I want to be involved somehow in this. So I translated the website he did Mm -hmm. like on Scratch. I translated it to German. Then I started to get involved more and more and more and the media saw this idea and and talked about it. So I was involved more and we did the social media account together and it happened really fast. Like I didn't realize what we are doing exactly, but we were building this whole association from the beginning. And it was not only us two, but a lot of other people as well that knew from it from social media or that are just friends from Khalil or mine. Yeah, because I wanted to kind of share some data that are quite incredible. So there are 3 million tons of plastic that are produced everywhere. Mm -hmm. 91% of the plastic that is uh, created 
it's just not recycled. Mm -hmm. So it's an illusion to think that we can consume and buy mm -hmm. our lunches on plastic boxes mm -hmm. and stuff and that it would get recycled. Mm -hmm. That's not the reality. That's not how it works. Eight million tons are burnt into the ocean every year. So these are crazy numbers. Was it something that you were aware of already? Was it a topic that was already kind of touching you, maybe? It was, but more in a negative way, because it was, I think it was in the media everywhere. And you see the pictures and you see, you know, that this world, the world we live in is so polluted. But there were no real, for me, there were no real solutions. Like it was always, it's so bad, it's so bad, it's so bad. And from the media I always hear, oh no, I had the feeling maybe we can't even do something about it. And What I really liked about this idea is just, okay, maybe we can't change the world with it, but we can make something, you know, we can start little. And it's just not helpful to just collect the plastic bottles, but to really sensitize the people and the locals on site about the problem and help them change their thinking. Yeah, even if I guess some of them have just no choice in those, in those countries, because the poorest countries are actually the biggest polluters in, in the world so the countries we were uh, quoting like indonesia vietnam and stuff they produce 80 percent mm -hmm. plastic pollution in the world yeah, it's because they don't know yeah, yeah. exactly mm -hmm. so you created a team because you are many co-founders i was kind to <laughs> trying to go through the whole team and trying to understand who was doing what mm -hmm. You are many co-founders. Can you explain me how, how you build it exactly? Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, when we started this, we just thought everyone who wants to help can join. But then I think some months after we just realized, okay, that's not efficient. You know, we, we can't get things done if so many people are involved. You need the one that's, uh, that are really like passionate about the subject and really want to have an impact, right? Exactly. So we reorganized the team and five people like Khalil, Uh -huh. Me, Lena, Xenia and Elena were left as the main team, okay. you know, who were really dedicated to, to give their time and, and also money for this whole association. And you started like it was a side project for everyone. Mm -hmm. So yes. you were all having your work, your yes. job. Studies, jobs. It was just on the side. What was the, the first things that you had to do then? What Because once you, you've been creating one, two, three events uh, in Nicaragua. What's the aim then? Is it to kind of make sure that you get known? Is it to create partnerships? What were the first actions that you've been setting up well, as a the, team? The main actions were to help the people in Nicaragua and to really do the events on a regular basis and to optimize them, to make them more uh, professional, to educate the people, to help the country manager on site that he can really organize the event by himself, that he's not dependent on us and to get donations. Yes, to get fundings, mm -hmm. I guess. What, how do you do actually to get fundings in this case? Yeah, so a lot of donations also come through our social media channel. Like people hear from us through social media and they donate. So um, this is private donors? Yes. So we have private donors. We also have some major donors who um, donate like a bigger amount. Um, and then we have partnerships. So that's companies who support us in different ways. Like, for example, we have Aldi Swiss who supported us from the beginning. They want to be the most sustainable discounter in Switzerland. So when they heard about our NGO or social startup, yeah, they really liked it and wanted to support us somehow. 
And so how are they supporting you? Giving you money every every year or how is it exactly? Yes, for two years now, they gave us a bigger amount of money. So, okay. but it's donations. Okay, they're not, not expecting, sponsoring. they're not expecting anything in return, mm -hmm. which is quite nice. Yes. It makes you free. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So these are the three main sources of revenue. Do you have something else? I think you're planning a fundraising and you, you also integrated the, the fundraising association, the Swiss fundraising association. What's your plan there? How are you going to do? Yes. So actually, there are great things ahead. We are planning a big fundraising campaign. It's called an invitation to make this world a better place. And this is a campaign where we really want to reach everyone, like private donors, major donors, companies, but also foundations to really make a change in this world together. And what's your aim? How much do you need? Stay tuned for that. We're still in the calculations for that. Okay, so it's not starting now. You you will it's starting start in November. You have yes. a busy busy weeks ahead. We have I guess. busy weeks ahead. That's that's right. <laughs> so one of my questions, of course, is uh, what do you do with all this plastic that you have? Mm -hmm. Because I I get the concept. So basically, you ask the people that are coming to the event to bring 10 to 15 plastic bottles. They usually even bring more even than more? 10 or 15 plastic bottles, even though we don't tell them to but uh, they just say i mean they can't put it anywhere else so they're happy to give it to us okay so they give you the plastic bottles and then they get they get a warm meal they get also you've been developing something new like helping families now with the coronavirus uh, you've been developing some kits for the houses what is it exactly this yes so um because of the coronavirus we didn't want to gather so many people together at at an event so we started bathroom with plastic home where we bring food packages with also with hygiene articles like disinfection gel or masks to people's home okay and with all these bottles that you then get mm -hmm. what what are you doing or what were your first plans in the beginning what what was Khalil doing in the beginning in his first event I saw that he was gathering like 900 plastic mm -hmm. bottles mm -hmm. what do you do then with this Yeah, so in the beginning, we had no idea what we should do with the plastic bottles. I mean, for the first point, it was nice that they weren't in the nature anymore. So we had them, but we had no idea what to do with them. Yeah, how do you collect? Uh, mm -hmm. where, where do you store them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in the beginning, we just stored them at Jaffet's house so from the country manager. And right now, we really we have a big like cage where we, where we store them all. And they're also closed, so no one can steer them. Um It's crazy. So it becomes like money. Yeah, it becomes a value, you yeah. know. Yeah, so it's very nice. But it was important for us that we can do something with the plastic bottles. And then there was this German woman in Nicaragua who came to our events. I think it was the second or third event where she came and asked if she can have some plastic bottles from us. And we said, okay, yeah, sure. What, what do you want to do with it? And she was like, I want to build a house with it. <laughs> We thought she is crazy. Uh -huh. I mean, how can you build a house out of plastic bottles? So it was a German woman living in Nicaragua? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then we did research. We also talked to a professor at the ETH here in Switzerland and really did some research on, on this plastic house idea. And we thought, okay, this is a thing. You can really do that. And you can use the plastic bottles as bricks. And they're actually very solid construction material. So you fill them with sand and... Uh, is yes, it so you fill them with other plastic waste and some mud. Um, so they get very hard, actually, yeah. and also heavy. 
and on the ground you have them filled in the middle you have them half filled and on the top they are empty so it isolates also very well and then you have cement covering everything exactly so you you did this you built we the first this. house we built one house in Nicaragua for Marbiles and her four children so you were to get, you worked together with this german woman mm -hmm. and uh, you built this this house for another family from Nicaragua mm -hmm. and is it something sustainable Is it something that you can really do on the long run with a team based here in, in Zurich that is not on site? And, and I mean, it is sustainable in a way that we gave these plastic bottles another life so we could upcycle them to something better. I mean, it's a house now, so we could really do something well with it. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's a beautiful house and we could change the life of Marbilas and her four children who live there now. But in the beginning, we thought, okay, let's do like a whole village, like a whole plastic house village, you know. And then after building this one house, we realized, okay, there's a more sustainable way in building these houses and when we wouldn't use the cement, you know. Yeah. So then we looked into it much closer and, and saw that maybe it's not that sustainable to build a lot of houses. Mm -hmm. So for a house with one floor, it's safe and stable. But maybe if we did two or three floors, we couldn't say that it's still very very safe so you were not really sure you need to work with engineers with architects with exactly so we still really like the idea of building houses out of plastic bottles because we think it's a it's amazing but we want to do it more concrete maybe to build a manufacturing out of plastic bottles on site and then have machines there to create products out of the plastic bottles yeah so that's you, that's your new idea mm -hmm. to use this concept of precious plastic mm -hmm. right mm-hmm which is something that's developed already all over the world. Mm -hmm. Can you explain, can you go through exactly the concept? How was it born? Who created it? Do you know a bit? Can you take us through a bit? Because it's really, really interesting concept, I think. Yes. So precious plastic is a concept from a guy from the Netherlands and he does everything open source. So everyone can see how he builds the machines or how he builded the machines to process the plastic And it's not only plastic bottles, but like everything. a lot of kind of, of plastics, yes. Not everything can, can be processed, but some kinds of plastic. So, so basically, what does he do? So he, he gathers this plastic. There are some different places, like kind of small startups working with precious plastics exactly. all over the world. Mm -hmm. And they, there he has a system where people are actually giving their plastic bottles in exchange of money also, or they get a reward. Do you know this? Actually, as far as I know, it's just you can start a manufacturer on your own. Like everyone could start this manufacturer or just build a machine with the construction um, plans, that he, plans that he has. Exactly. So you can do any product you would like. And there's also on Precious Plastic, there's like this bazaar where you can buy all the products that people all over the world do out of plastic. Yeah, because to make to make it more concrete, it's quite amazing. So with all this plastic that he gathers, he proposes to create chairs, mm -hmm. tables, mm -hmm. an old kind of plastic objects mm -hmm. that actually look really nice, mm -hmm. really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then he has this platform where he's selling everything, all the products. Mm -hmm. And you would like to use this. Means that you would like to use his uh, offer of creating a startup thanks to his help, I guess, of creating this project on, on the places where you are working. How are you going to do? 
Yes, so because like, especially in Nicaragua, there is no recycling station at all. So our plan is to build a manufactory there, do products out of the plastic bottles, but also with that sensitize people and employ people, like employ the locals there. Yeah, but it must cost a lot of money, this. Well, you can start small or you can go in big. Like yeah. both ways are possible. So that's why you're doing your fundraising right now. Yes. For this kind of projects. Yes. Very, very nice. To do these kind of things and to also make sure that the way you recycle the plastic is uh, sustainable, I guess you need to kind of be able to check what's happening with all these bottles. How much bottles do you get? How much plastic waste do you get and do you collect? To kind of maybe make statistics or make, yeah, make something sustainable. And um, yes, I wanted to know how do you do to do this? Because on your website, you're sharing some data like saying like you've been gathering almost 32,000 plastic bottles, distributing almost 15,000 meals, all the amounts of hours that you've been working voluntary and, and so on. But how do you do? Because it seems to me quite difficult to count everything that you get and Furthermore, as it's not anymore only in Nicaragua, but you are developing another country, we are going to talk about it. So how do you do for this? So first of all, I think it must be said that without trust, it does not work. Like yeah. we have to trust the country managers on site that they are honest with us. Yeah. You know? And for us, all the country managers have approached us to do this concept in their community. So um, we believe that there is like this intrinsic motivation of them to really change something. So that's a good start, I think. But still, as you said, it's very important that we like control these, these things a little bit or, or know w what exactly is happening. So for us, what we learned is that it's um, actually very, very good to only send money in stages. Like we send some money, they do something, like they buy the food, for example, then they send us all the receipts and then we send more money for whatever, like for the for the salaries or whatever, you know. So we, we send the money in stages and they have to send us all the receipts. Also, like every employee has to sign that they received the salaries. We see all the pictures and videos of the actions of the events, of the um, buy for the plastic home deliveries and everything. So we can see, okay, this really took place and this really happened in a way that is sustainable or that is that is good and then yeah as you said like the country manager has to count the people and has to count the plastic bottles yeah because of course i understand of course you need trust and anyways if there was no trust you would not create such events all mm -hmm. over the world but you still need something concrete mm -hmm. and we also know that it's yeah sad to say but there is a lot of corruption there is a lot of money that people give in western countries that is just getting lost somewhere So that, that's why I, I was asking the question. Yeah. But um, I think there is this super interesting concept that was uh, also launched because you are, not, you are not the first one who are using plastic mm -hmm. as something valuable to help in a social way mm -hmm. poor countries. Yeah. So there is this um, really known David Katz that created mm -hmm. this plastic bank. He's known because he's been doing a lot of TEDx. He's really popular. And I think many medias have been talking about him. He created this big concept of social plastic where basically plastic is entering a kind of blockchain system where plastic is becoming sort of money and people can get out of this 
different things like school tuition, medical insurance, Wi-Fi, phones, and and some really useful things in the in the stores that he has been creating. And the the concept for him is really that he controls all the supply chain from A to Z because he has also many factories to recycle the plastic. So there, I really understand that he has a control over everything. Is it your aim at some point? And did you get inspired by him? What do you think of his work? And uh, do you have a plan also at some point of controlling all the supply chain like this? Mm -hmm. So I actually heard from him much later. Not when we when we started all this. I I didn't know about this concept, but I think yes, of course we can really get inspired by it. And and it's amazing what he's doing or what what they are all doing. Because, yeah, he collects a large number of plastic bottles and sells the flake on a large scale also. And um, they give money and other services to the people who bring the plastic bottles, exactly. um, which is amazing. I mean, for us, it's right now, it's just the food that yeah. we give because we figured out that in Nicaragua, Ghana, India, these this is the, the basic, like, the basic the, need, yeah. what they need, exactly. But definitely, it's it's an organization where we can get inspired from. We are much smaller than than they are, and um, what I think is also yes, yeah, also nice because we have I think we have more room for authenticity and humanness, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But I think we can definitely get inspired by by them. But I don't know if we want to want to do it on on a big scale like they do. And are there other actions like this that you can tell us about that you you've heard about? also using plastic like this like you are doing i guess you're not the only ones also no. on, the on the smaller scale or definitely so i just read that for example in istanbul people can pay with plastic balls and get a train ticket for it oh. so that's also amazing i mean th i think there are a lot of ideas like that to use plastic bottle as a currency which i think is amazing and i think in the ngo world or the social startup world there is no competition it's more like everyone does their thing to make this world a better place and i mean like plastic bank i mean they're in in different countries than we are so so they're helping these people and we're helping other people so it's not like a competition or anything no of course it's not i think it's just like it's interesting to get inspired of how, how they work and how they Definitely. do and because decorated something big they have support Definitely. from, from also inspiring. from Aldi actually they mm -hmm. have support from yes. other companies um, German, German companies Aldi. like Enkel so they, they must be a source of inspiration also for you Definitely. without becoming of course uh, just just a, a competitor it's not the aim of such kind of social projects definitely definitely but but on your side one of your aim is still to to scale up your yeah. project yes and you've been changing many things this year i mean just lately actually so you first became a social startup mm -hmm. can you explain me what does it mean actually to be a, a social startup i think before you were an ngo so why did you change the status what does it mean uh, if it means something really Yes, yeah, so on a legal form, we are an association. And actually, why we call it a social startup is more because the whole team has more of a business background. Uh -huh. And we think that it suits better, like a social startup, also because long term, we really think it's more sustained or more sustainable to have a circular economy. So we can maybe sell products or um, have a business that finances all of our um, operations and that we don't depend on donations and fundings. Of course. Um, so that's... How would you do this? 
what? On, to be able to finance everything, what would you need for this? We could we could sell the products that we do out of plastic bottles. So to have a online website, mm -hmm. for instance, mm -hmm. and you would be able to sell the chair that you've been creating in Nicaragua. And, uh, exactly. So that's why I think social startup fits a little bit better. But I wouldn't say we are no NGO. I, I wouldn't say that. And, and now you are also working 100% on the project. Yes. So this is really new. You created <laughs> yes. your, your startup where you were working, Rabat yes. Corner, and yes. you you're now working being paid with a small salary uh, <laughs> here in Zurich. Can you explain me a bit? Yeah, so I started to work full-time in October and Khalil started in July. So we are the only ones who are employed by Buy Food with Plastic. And yeah, for me, it was, it, it was a very big step, but it's everything I always wanted. So for me, it's a dream coming true. What was your dream? Uh, my dream was to use my strength and my passion to help people in need. And that's exactly what I can do with Buy Food with Plastic. Did you already have this sense of, you know, having a work that makes sense? Was it something that you really were looking for? Definitely. Okay. Well, I guess this you have now. So you became an entrepreneur in the end. Mm -hmm. Was it something you had been thinking about? I mean, it's quite scary to be an entrepreneur. It's quite scary to, to quit your job uh, where you are well paid, where you have a security, social insurance, everything. And then... Uh, you suddenly become an entrepreneur, you are in charge of the money you get, you mm -hmm. don't get well paid. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, you, you need to be quite convinced for this. Have you been scared? To be honest, I'm not that scared because I know it's something that I like to do. And I really like I, I stand for it and I love what I'm doing. But of course, I mean, there are a lot of risks So there were some points where I was scared a little, where I still am scared a little because because it's a big thing. But I can only win from this. I mean, even if it wouldn't work out or if, if we didn't have any more money or, or whatever, we, we could already help so many people with it. We could already inspire so many people with it. So I think, yeah, every day we can help someone. It was already worth it. May I ask if you get supported by someone, by your parents, your family, maybe, uh, if in case of problems, do you do you have this kind of, you know, insurance? So I don't get supported financially by my by my parents or anyone right now. It's just the salary from Buy Food with Plastic, which is to be very transparent, three thousand francs a month. Yeah. So for right now, um, this is fine for me and I'm I'm very happy for it. But long term it's definitely a goal that we can pay salaries that are much fairer. Of course, I guess. But I guess it, it takes some time. Yes. You need the fundraising to <laughs> yes. to really work. <laughs> exactly. And this will be a part of the calculation, I guess. <laughs> are you looking for also uh, new employees soon? Do you need some more people in the team that are working 100%? Yes, so we definitely need more people who work 100% because like a full-time job is just different from a part-time job. You know, you'd be so much more involved. involved, exa Exactly. But we already like have a lot of people who are involved in our project or in our organization. So we have around 10 to 12 freelancers who work for us on a voluntary basis, uh, mostly part-time. They help us a lot. And also, if you want to get involved, you can not just work as a freelancer, but get a member from Buy Food with Plastic, for example, and help with your passion and support us with what you are good at or what you like. So we are always happy to be with people or to get in touch with people who want to make a change in the world and support the cause somehow. 
Well, you, you have a nice project in your hands. We've been talking about it shortly, but you have the plan of developing elsewhere than Nicaragua. You've already created some partnerships in Ghana and India, mm -hmm. and you have country managers there. Mm -hmm. To what extent do you want to expand the project mm -hmm. like this? So our first goal is to really professionalize the um, events or the right now during the COVID-19, the Buy Food with Plastic home deliveries in these three countries. Yeah. But then for us, we already have um, demands from other countries who wants to do it in their communities. Who contact you by uh, yeah, social like media? People from, yes, social media or email or from my website, whatever. People from South Africa, Morocco, Sri Lanka, It's really all around the world. It's, it's amazing. Colombia, it's really amazing that they contact us and say, hey, this could work in my community. And we definitely don't have the resources right now to go to all, all of these the countries. World. But it's definitely a goal to help all of them. If you had to take a step back since the two years that you've been working for Buy Food with Plastic already, what has been the most difficult moment? What is the biggest challenge that you've been facing? So the biggest challenge is actually that we are such an energetic and dynamic team that really has big visions and it's a good thing. And that's also why we are where we are. But it can also be very challenging because it's a fast pace and some, sometimes it's too fast, it's too much, it's too big, you know, but that's also how we learn. So I see it as a challenge, but also as a blessing. So you need to be able to make sure that you can control everything that you are creating and that you don't go too fast. Mm -hmm. And what would you say is the most important thing you've been learning through the process? The most important thing is, I think, to really know that we can change something, that we can just start small and have an impact. If you know that, you can go very far. I so think. to be convinced. Yes. Is it a big pressure on you now? The use of plastic, like every day in your daily life, are you thinking about this all the time? Definitely. I try to not pressure myself too much with it. But I mean, it's also, it's nice because I know so much more about it now that I really want to change a lot of things in my consumption, you know. So um, I think it's a natural process that I'm going through right now where I learn a lot and then also do much more. But I mean, nobody is perfect. <laughs> I'm also asking this because, I mean, Switzerland is really good with recycling. Mm -hmm. and But there is still some, some problems with the recycling of plastic. Mm -hmm. Switzerland is using a lot of plastic in the mm -hmm. grocery stores. Definitely. Really for every takeaways and stuff. There is a lot of plastic and there is not so many restrictions also for plastic bags and, and stuff. That So you could also maybe have an impact here in your country. Mm -hmm. Have you been thinking about this before? Definitely. But for us, it's more we want to have solutions for the most urgent problems in yeah. countries. And we don't think that the plastic problem is the most urgent problem in Switzerland. In yeah. Switzerland, it's more food waste. And also that people are looking for more than just work or money. You know, like people want to give something back or want to see a sense or a value in, in what they do. And we think that we have created a platform here in Switzerland where people can do something more. And also we have this idea that we can have social food here in Switzerland where we use food waste for caterings and then use the food waste again. 
So it's a way for you to develop also, not, not focus only in plastic, but also on other topics actually already. Exactly. So for us, it's we want to tackle the most urgent problems in each country. And in Ghana, India, Nicaragua, it's plastic bottles and or plastic and hunger. And maybe here in Switzerland, it's more the aim to do something with sense and food waste. So we try to combine these things here in Switzerland. I guess But you... that's only the, it's in the beginning. I guess you need also to, to work on lobbying almost sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a new exciting project? Because we are now going to the end of the interview. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you some short questions mm -hmm. to finish it. Do you have a new exciting project that you would like to talk about? So we have this charity gallery here in Zurich, which is our office, but also a gallery where people can come together. We have a little bar and a coffee, which should really be a platform for people people to come together see what we're doing and get involved this is our yeah new little project we're there in, since summer this yeah. year and yes we are very excited about that where do you get your inspiration from hmm. <laughs> do you have do you have a book do you have a um, or maybe a movie maybe something that you do daily that inspires you and that that helps you to go through everything you're doing every day The last few years, meditation got very important for me. And I think I got a lot of inspiration from that because I do it every morning for 20 minutes. And for me, I really, it somehow shows me the way. Where should I go? Where sh what should I do? What should I, like, should I follow my passions and, and strength this? So I think that's what I'm doing right now with Bifood with Plastic. So I think that's the right way to go. And this is, yeah where my inspiration comes from nice what does success means for you i think to leave this place or the this world better than we found it where would you go to if you could travel because you're working right in so now? many countries over the world but you cannot go there yeah so actually i mean i would love to go to india to see the slums where we did the buy food with plastic home delivery um, but right now it's just not possible and what are you scared of That's a difficult question. I, I have to say, I'm not, I'm not really scared of anything, you know. I'm very, um, I have respect from the future and what, what it brings, but, but I'm not really scared. If you were a man for 24 hours, what would you do? <laughs> oh, what would I do? Probably just relax and not think, think so much about everything. <laughs> Do you think that women are thinking more about things? Yes, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a nice one. Um, and who would you like to listen to in this podcast? Oh, I think there are a lot of inspirational women here in Zurich and Switzerland. Hmm. <laughs> I wanted to say um, Sophia from Beauty Collective, but you already had her in the podcast, right? Yeah, because um, Sophia is actually working with you. Yeah. Yes. Um, so for me also an inspiration is um, Marie Henze from Marianne Plants. No. So she's actually supporting Buy Food with Plastic with all her plants. She does all the sustainable plants. Um, she has this yeah, sustainable plants company. She has her showroom in our Buy Food with Plastic gallery. And I think she is also an inspiration when it comes to women entrepreneurship. Very nice example. Well, it's the end of the interview. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for everything that you've been explaining and for <laughs> your time. You. It was a pleasure to have you. 
Thank and, you very uh, much. Have a nice day, Anna. Thank you. <laughs>